0: We're in a grassy field in Wiltshire.
1: There are sheep grazing and up above I can see a red kite searching for prey.
0: This is a corner of one of Britain's most celebrated landscapes, home to one of the most famous historic sites on planet Earth.
1: It's a place where archaeology meets mythology and has ignited the British
0: imagination for centuries. My name is Mark Zakian and I'm joined by my blue badge guide colleague award-winning travel journalist and presenter, Richard Madden.
1: Together, we are going to walk across the ancient landscape leading to Stonehenge.
0: Crossing 5,000 years of history through an Ice Age valley and over Bronze Age burial mounds.
1: Along the way, we are going to discover slaughter stones, mysterious inscriptions and magical energy
0: lines. And then onto the Henge itself to experience its most sacred and magical moment, the winter solstice. Stonehenge may be our best known ancient monument, but it's not the only henge in Britain.
1: In fact, there are more than a thousand stone circles around the country,
0: and Stonehenge is not even the only henge in this corner of Salisbury Plain.
1: Here at Durrington Walls, 2 miles northeast of Stonehenge,
0: there was once a vast wooden henge, six circles constructed from wooden posts, one inside another. The giant poles reached twice the height of a double-decker bus, and at the center, under a great stone burial mound, a young child was buried, his skull split in two. Perhaps a ritual sacrifice. And the remains of a teenage boy were
1: also discovered. So maybe Woodhenge was a sacred burial ground.
0: Nobody knows its true purpose. But some archaeologists speculate that it was the prototype for Stonehenge itself. With the ancients making a version in wood before tackling the great stone monument. Fifteen years ago, archaeologists uncovered a group of Neolithic houses at Durrington Walls. In fact, 4,500 years ago, it was the largest settlement in Northern Europe. With up to a 1,000 buildings and home to around 4,000 people. That's larger than
1: Athens and Rome at that time.
0: And it was the location for one of the biggest festivals in the
1: world. Archaeologists found thousands of animal remains here. The ground was peppered with pig bones. Remains of winter feasts, when revellers roasted vast
0: quantities of pork. And the occasional cow.
1: People came from all over Britain for this giant pig barbecue. From as far away as Scotland. Driving their pigs for hundreds of miles to reach Durrington. The Stone Age Glastonbury of feasting. But Neolithic pigs were very different from modern porkers.
0: They were like wild boar.
1: Agile and hearty enough to make a long journey on foot. And so thousands of little piggies
0: went to Stone Age. We've walked half a mile from Durrington Walls towards Stonehenge itself
1: to arrive at a squat circular boulder
0: known as the Cuckoo Stone
1: and made from the same sandstone as the main uprights
0: in the Stonehenge Circle. The Cuckoo Stone was first recorded 200 years ago by the baronet antiquarian Sir Richard Haw. This wealthy amateur archaeologist had inherited the Haw bank fortune, part of which he used
1: to purchase Glastonbury Tor. The Wiltshire Baron made a map of Stonehenge in
0: 1810 which included the Cuckoo Stone. For a geologist this is a random stone deposited here when the glaciers melted after the last ice age. But for the builders of Stonehenge, it had a deeper meaning. So much so that they dug a big hole and heaved the stone into a standing position.
1: In 2007, archaeologists discovered this pit where the stone
0: once stood. Now the stone is probably a marker between Durrington Walls and Stonehenge itself. In a place that presumably had deep significance to the builders of Stonehenge. Because the whole area commemorates ancient ancestors. There was also a long barrow here, built 500 years before Stonehenge. And later, in the Bronze Age, cremated remains of three people were buried near the cuckoo stone.
1: So if it was a shrine and a sacred
0: burial site, would you really name it after a cuckoo? There are other cuckoo stones across the UK, particularly in Scotland, where they're known as gock stones. Gock in Scottish means cuckoo, but also a stupid person or a fool. And foolstone is the name often given to solitary boulders left in the landscape when the glaciers melted. In ancient
1: folklore, the cuckoo travels between the worlds of the living and the dead.
0: So for the ancients, the cuckoo stone was a gateway to the underworld. We're about a quarter of a mile north of the stones themselves.
1: Looking at another of the mysterious monuments that make up the Stonehenge landscape,
0: it's basically two tracks, 300 feet apart, stretching away into the distance for a mile. It's
1: easy to see why William Stukeley, one of the first antiquarians who examined Stonehenge in the 18th century, thought it was a Roman track for racing chariots.
0: And that is why it's called the Cursus, from the Latin word for racecourse.
1: The problem is that it was built around three and a half thousand years before the Romans arrived.
0: Now, there are two round barrows at one end of the Cursus, and a long barrow at the other. These are burial tombs. So maybe the Cursus is a processional route
1: between the lands of the living and the dead But whether it was a route for flesh and blood humans or spirit ancestors is open to speculation.
0: In front of us is a grassy, round mound. It's about 15 feet across and about eight feet
1: high and there are dozens of them in the landscape. Many of them are facing towards
0: Stonehenge. Now these are known as round barrows. They are Bronze Age burials of people who lived here during the centuries after Stonehenge was completed. But why did they want to be buried close to the Henge? Well, possibly because it was a temple dedicated to the spirit world. Where the ancients came to worship their ancestors. Hundreds of similar mounds in farmers' fields have been destroyed over the centuries looted or ploughed into the ground but in 2002
1: a round barrow was found under a school three miles from Stonehenge in
0: Amesbury. In the 4,600 year old grave they found the body of a man with about 100 objects placed next to his body.
1: These included finely worked flint tools, copper knives, beaker pots and bore tusks
0: and archery equipment barbed arrowheads and stone wrist guards.
1: Objects that gave us the man's modern nickname. The Ainsbury archer. One of the most noted individuals in
0: European prehistory. The most precious objects from the grave included basket-shaped gold ornaments. These are the oldest gold objects ever found in Britain and there was a cushion stone which would have been used as an anvil in metalworking. Metalsmithing was
1: an exciting new technology that came to Britain with migrants such as our Amesbury
0: man. Who is the earliest known metal worker in Britain.
1: Making bronze from ores dug from the earth would have seemed magical to his stone age community.
0: And tests on his bones showed that he was aged 35 to 45, strongly built, But had had an accident a few years before his death that had ripped off his left kneecap. And so he walked with a severe limp. And had an infection in his bones, leaving him in constant pain.
1: Enamel on the archer's teeth revealed that he grew up in Alpine Europe, in Switzerland, Austria or Germany.
0: Did he make a thousand-mile journey to Stonehenge to become a revered metalsmith? or even to be healed from his injuries. We'll never know, but he certainly would have witnessed Stonehenge in its glory. We have arrived at the ditch The first part of the henge, built by the ancients 5,000 years ago. Stone Age
1: workers used deer antlers for picks to dig out a circular ditch in the chalky landscape. It was 20 feet wide and taller than a grown man at up to 7 feet tall
0: and an Olympic sprint distance across at nearly 100 metres. For its first 500 years Stonehenge had no stones. Around the ditch were 56 pits filled with cremation burials. And the way that ditch was
1: built means it may not even be a henge. Henge pedant alert here. Technically, a henge is a circular raised bank with an internal ditch
0: surrounding a central area. So Stonehenge is not a true henge as its ditch runs outside its bank. But the archaeological term henge was
1: coined in 1932, specifically with reference to Stonehenge. So when
0: is a henge not a henge?
1: When it's Stonehenge.
0: And etymologically, Stonehenge is the original henge.
1: It wasn't until around 2,500 years ago that the first stones arrived. Half
0: a millennium after the ditch was dug. Known as the Blue Stones, these were five-ton megaliths. Now, if you're going to build a stone monument, you'd probably use local rocks.
1: But this is one of the mind-blowing stories of the Henge.
0: The bluestones were brought here from Waunmaun, part of the Preseli Hills in Wales. 180 miles away as the crow flies. And it seems that the first stones were originally part of an even older monument in Wales
1: completed 500 years before Stonehenge was begun.
0: Which was taken down and carted all the way here to Wiltshire.
1: So how did they transport stones weighing up to twice as much as a
0: modern car? We've got no written records and this is where experimental archaeology comes into play.
1: By using Neolithic technology to replicate ways the stones could have been transported with wooden rafts to float them on rivers and pulling them with ropes across land rolled on logs. Britain's
0: first rock and roll show.
1: At a mile a day archaeologists calculate it would take 20 people half a year to move each stone from Wales to Wiltshire.
0: The blue stones were arranged around the ditch to make the first stone circle.
1: Analysis of the cremated pit burials has revealed many of the
0: buried were of
1: Welsh origin.
0: One of the earliest Stonehenge histories is an account by the 12th century Welsh cleric, Geoffrey of Monmouth, telling how Merlin magically transported a stone circle from Ireland to mark the grave of ancient Britons slaughtered by Anglo-Saxon invaders.
1: The stone circle was indeed transported from the Celtic West. But the Saxons didn't arrive until some 3,000 years later. And we know that the original Stonehenge was made in Wales. Maybe they'll ask for it to be returned.
0: The five-tonne bluestones stood in a circle around the ditch for two centuries. Then,
1: in around 2300 BC, came the Megastones,
0: known as Sarsen Stones. Dragged 40 miles across the land from Marlborough. Each one weighing twice as much as a London double-decker bus.
1: The men dug down with animal bones to create support holes. Then 30 of these giant rocks were hauled into place.
0: Forming a new circle.
1: The megaliths were shaped and rounded, beaten into columns with stone tools.
0: Look closely at the stones and you can see thousands of hammer blows. On top of the circle are seven-tonne lintels carved with mortise and tenon joints and lifted and secured into place a sort of Neolithic Lego.
1: At the heart of the circle stood five 40-tonne stones arranged
0: in a horseshoe. The Welsh bluestones were moved and reset inside the Sarsen Circle. And after a thousand years of additions and changes,
1: ancient Britain's biggest building project was complete.
0: Now, I'm straining my eyes, but if I look carefully, you can make out ancient graffiti on the sarsen stones. Centuries after the henge was completed,
1: Bronze Age inhabitants carved hundreds of images of axes and knives
0: into the stones. Telling us that the henge continued to be used for thousands of years after it was completed.
1: And there is also some modern graffiti
0: on the sarsens. The most famous are the initials Wren. Was this the architect Sir Christopher Wren? Well, he was born 15 miles from Stonehenge.
1: And the diameter of the inner dome of St Paul's Cathedral is the same as the Sarsen Circle, 102 feet from edge to edge. Coincidence?
0: Maybe the greatest British architect was inspired by Stone Age builders. Stonehenge is one of the most investigated ancient monuments in the world.
1: Over the last 400 years it has been surveyed, carbon dated, geophysicised, if that's a word, and archaeologised. That's definitely not a word. And for all this leading-edge science
0: we know frustratingly little about the people who made the Henge. What compelled the ancients to dedicate over 10 million man-hours to dragging stones halfway across Britain and setting them in a circle. With no written records, this is where science slides into mystery. We know that the monument is a giant astronomical clock marking the summer and winter solstice.
1: Stone Age astronomers placed a megalith known as the heel stone to the east of the Henge, indicating the direction of a tunnel of light that beams into the monument when the sun rises on the longest day of the year.
0: And on the opposite side of the Henge, to the west, is the Altar Stone.
1: This marks the sunset at winter solstice, which radiates through the mightiest of
0: the Sarsen trilithons. So we know that the Stonehenge community included astronomers who could track the position of the sun in the sky through the year. But as
1: winter came, they could not be sure that the sun would return the following year.
0: Now this community were among Britain's first farmers.
1: So might well build a monument to the sun to summon it back after the long winter.
0: There were also four station stones around the henge. Which could have marked the phases of the moon. For ancient people, the lunar month was a vital astronomical cycle.
1: The Babylonian calendar developed at the same time as Stonehenge.
0: And the basis for the calendar we still use today... ...divided the year into 12 moon months. And it's likely that Stone Age people travelled when the moon was full, using it to navigate the landscape.
1: There was also a community of engineers at Stonehenge who surveyed the area under the monument.
0: We know this because the ground here is not flat, it dips down on one side. And so they carved the stones on that side slightly longer. So that the top of the henge is completely level.
1: And then there was the planning and organisation of shifting around 87 tonne
0: stones all the way from Wales. Who was in charge? Well, as far as we know, there was no slavery at that time. So it's possible that the henge was built from community spirit, a sort of majestic social enterprise.
1: Or maybe there was a tribal leader who demanded a great mortuary temple, a British pharaoh or king or whatever, who instead of pyramids built a henge but we do know that nobody actually lived on Stonehenge. And so it was almost certainly a place of pilgrimage to feast, to honour the sun, moon and stars and to summon up the dead and reach for the gods.
0: What makes Stonehenge so fascinating is what we don't know as much as what we do know.
1: That's right. Archaeologists are always very coy about why Stonehenge was built. They know what tools the henge builders used, what they ate and what their climate was like. But as to why it was built, the most experts will say is ceremonial and ritual purposes. So they don't think it's an
0: alien landing site then? They'd be fired for even mentioning the word... Stonehenge captivates us because we don't have all the answers. Each new era projects its own view of the world onto it. In the 19th century, one of the fallen stones was named the Slaughter Stone, supposedly from the blood of the victims sacrificed on it.
1: 200 years ago, people thought the Henge was built by druids who may have indulged in human sacrifice.
0: Reality is much less exciting. The name Slaughter Stone comes from hollows on its surface that when they fill with rainwater, turn red from the iron in the stone.
1: And the idea it was a site of ritual sacrifice was reinforced when the grave of a beheaded Anglo-Saxon was
0: discovered. During the 1960s, the Henge became an icon for the hippie movement.
1: A place where New Age meets Stone Age.
0: And then in the 1980s, the Henge was a venue for a free festival, with stoners visiting the stones in large numbers leading to the Battle of the Beanfield. When, in 1985, police blocked a convoy of 600 New Age travellers from setting up a free festival. The standoff ended with traveller
1: vehicles ramming through the roadblock and police smashing the windows of convoy vehicles,
0: and some travellers were arrested. The henge is so embedded in the hippie consciousness that it features in the comedy-parody film Spinal Tap
1: with its fictional English heavy metal band performing the Stonehenge song.
0: We go back in time to that mystic land where the dewdrops cry and the cats meow.
1: The rockers performing against a comedically disastrous
0: minuscule model of the Henge. Today, modern pagans make organised pilgrimages to Stonehenge to celebrate the summer and winter solstice. It's a focal
1: point for 21st century Druids who are convinced their ancestors are buried here.
0: The most famous of these New Age warriors is King Arthur Pendragon. Formerly
1: known as John, he is a self-declared reincarnation of King Arthur, who could be seen almost daily at the Henge, dressed in his green, red and white tunic.
0: Our modern Pendragon rose to fame in the 90s, when he won his case at the European Court of Human Rights to allow open access to Stonehenge for religious festivals like the summer solstice.
1: Elected Battle Chieftain of the Council of British Druid Orders, King Arthur and his loyal Arthurian War Band represent
0: the political wing of Britain's neo-Druid community. Rumoured to be the biggest Druid order in the world that counts Ozzy Osbourne and Sex Pistols' punk icon Johnny Rotten amongst its number.
1: The order believes that bones discovered in 2008 and displayed at the Visitor Museum are the royal remains and want them reinterred. Druid
0: Arthur is a symbol of how the myths and stories of Stonehenge resonate with the modern generation. There's one Stonehenge mystery that's very hard to explain. Ley lines. Now Richard, you told me about these strange forces nearly 20 years ago. Indeed I did, and
1: anyone who describes themselves as a rationalist never knows quite what to make of them. It all began with a man called Alfred Watkins. The man who wrote the old straight track. Watkins believed that ancient sites like Stonehenge were deliberately built in a straight line, connecting places of sacred power. More recently his ley lines have been associated with earth energies that can be detected with dowsing rods. What are earth energies? Well, the idea is that they're invisible corridors of magnetic resonance that move across the surface of the earth joining sacred sites, a bit like chakra points in the human body.
0: So we're standing to the northeast of Stonehenge where the avenue approaches the heel stone and this is considered to be The processional entry point to the henge. You're holding what looks like some very high-tech detecting equipment. Two pieces of metal coat hanger bent at 90 degrees with one end making a handle. Now you're walking towards the edge of the avenue
1: and just as I get to the edge, where there's a dip in the
0: ground, the rods are moving in my hand. That's extraordinary. From pointing straight ahead, the tips have now moved towards each other and have crossed. Well,
1: you'll have to believe me that I've made no conscious movement with my hands. Then, as we reach the other side of the avenue,
0: voila! They've uncrossed themselves and are now pointing straight ahead again.
1: Well, as someone who would describe himself as a rationalist, I find the evidence in my own eyes hard to believe. But I have seen this happen at stone circles right across the country. So what do you think is going on? Well, just as people dousing for water seem to be able to detect underground wells, some people seem to be sensitive
0: to invisible earth energies. And these earth energies converge at sites like Stonehenge which is why the ancients chose to construct these incredible monuments where they did. That's one theory, and even a scientist
1: had to admit that the modern human brain is only able to detect certain frequencies of light and sound. Perhaps the ancients were able to detect forces that we have lost
0: the ability to connect with. It's a fascinating possibility. Now, where did you say you saw that spaceship land? Stonehenge history is as long as, well, history.
1: Yes, it's possible that 2,000 years ago, before the Romans arrived in Britain, a Sicilian writer gave us the first
0: mention of Stonehenge. The ancient Greek historian Diodorus Siculus. Who never visited Britain. But wrote, In a land beyond the Celts, on an island no smaller than Sicily, in the northern sea is a magnificent sacred precinct of Apollo, and a notable temple, spherical in shape.
1: A round temple dedicated to the sun. Sounds like Stonehenge.
0: So maybe news of Stonehenge had travelled right across Europe to the Greek colony in Sicily. The
1: problem is, the description is short and vague. And he said the climate is so mild they grow two crops a year.
0: We're here in late December and it's certainly not mild.
1: Closer to home we have the British historian Geoffrey of Monmouth.
0: 900 years ago he wrote that the wizard Merlin brought the giant's ring of stones from Ireland. And
1: that the giant's ring of stones were originally taken to Ireland from Africa by giants. A giant job, even for giants. The Monmouth man also stated that the Henge was a royal cemetery, with King Arthur's father, Uther Pendragon, buried here.
0: In the 1620s, King James I visited Stonehenge and was intrigued.
1: The curious king commissioned Inigo
0: Jones to study the monument. And the architect concluded that it was built by the Romans. He
1: was wrong by over 2,000 years.
0: Forty years later, the antiquary John Aubrey surveyed Stonehenge.
1: He correctly stated that it was built by Britons, but attributed it to the
0: Celtic Druids. Wrong. But only by 1300 years? Another century on, William Stukeley, regarded by many as the father of archaeology, surveyed Stonehenge, telling us about the processional avenue.
1: But he too thought it was a Druid monument.
0: The truth about Stonehenge's ancient origins was finally revealed In 1901, when Professor William Garland excavated the Henge.
1: And correctly dated it back to the late Stone Age, some 5,000 years ago.
0: But while kings and scholars debated the origin of the monument, the Henge was left standing in the landscape.
1: And the stones plundered for house-building projects.
0: So in 1901, a local bobby was dispatched to guard the Henge.
1: Then, in 1915, a barrister was sent to an auction by his wife to buy some chairs.
0: Cecil Chubb's eye was caught by lot number
1: 15. A few acres of Wiltshire downland, plus one ancient
0: crumbling monument. Chubb bought the Henge for £6,600.
1: I wonder how he explained that to his wife, who just wanted a dining set.
0: Three years later, he gave Stonehenge to the nation.
1: Thanks to Chubb's amateur archaeologist fascination with the stones, they are preserved for the world to visit.
0: Available for the science of carbon dating, geophysics and aerial photography to give us more revelations about the stone circle.
1: And who knows, maybe one day they'll find the tomb of Uther Pendragon. As the tourists leave and the visitor centre closes, the henge is left to the grazing sheep and the squawking crows.
0: All blissfully unaware that they are in the presence of a world famous literal rock star.
1: So famous it has tribute acts rocking all over the world.
0: Esperance in Western Australia has an astronomically aligned, full scale exact copy of Stonehenge. Which gets more visitors in a day, than the population of
1: Esperance.
0: Missouri University boasts a half scale replica built from solid granite using jets of water to slice through the rock realizing in one month a task that it took prehistoric man decades to build.
1: Not to be outdone, in 2004 the University of Texas built their scale replica in six weeks. The stones were moved two at a time on tractor trailers
0: and stuck in concrete Carhenge in Alliance, Nebraska is made from vintage American automobiles covered with grey spray paint.
1: Carhenge opened for the 1987 summer solstice. Its arches made by welding automobiles into columns. Like Stonehenge, it has a visitor centre.
0: Phonehenge, made from old fashioned British telephone booths, lives in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina.
1: While Fridgehenge was built outside Santa Fe, New Mexico, from junk refrigerators where it stood for almost a decade aligned with Los Alamos Labs. Its builders wore loincloths and used primitive technology to move the fridges.
0: Mudhenge was erected for the 1996 Burning Man festival in Nevada and was followed in 2001 by Twinkiehenge.
1: At the 2007 Glastonbury Festival, street artist Banksy constructed a stonehenge
0: from portable toilets. In 2012, British artist Jeremy Della created a life-sized inflatable bouncy castle replica of Stonehenge that now tours internationally.
1: Steelhenge is made from iron ingots. It stands in Rotherham, South Yorkshire and is positioned to reflect the solstice shadows line up with grooves on the metal.
0: 4,000 years after the builders of Stonehenge completed their epic feat, the modern world continues to pay tribute. But the
1: sheep are still oblivious.
0: It's dark now here at Stonehenge, on the longest night of the year. People
1: are arriving for the solstice celebrations.
0: For the Henge builders, Britain's first farmers, the darkening winter was full of foreboding. Would the light return in the new year? A temple to honour the seasons might encourage the sun into the sky for longer days, in readiness for planting new crops.
1: It's likely that for the ancients, the most important festival at Stonehenge was the winter
0: solstice. The crowds have now built and there are hundreds of men, women and children waiting for the sunrise.
1: Wiccans, white witches,
0: warlocks. Playing drums, chanting, singing, honouring, revering and praying.
1: Wishing each other a happy solstice
0: there are bearded and cloaked neo-Druids wielding their staffs.
1: Arthur Pendragon is here speaking to the crowd with his familiar calls for freedom and the rights for everyone and anyone to access the Henge uninhibited.
0: But it is the arch-Druid of Glastonbury in England's call that touches on universal themes.
1: Asking that humans protect the Earth from climate change and conflict.
0: Summoning the spirits for solutions to make a better world, to keep our planet safe.
1: Just as the ancients built the henge to revere nature.
0: And 4,000 years later, this half-collapsed circle crouched on the side of chalky Salisbury Plain is a literal and metaphorical touchstone for the fragile relationship between humans and the precious world around us. This Extraordinary Stories of Britain podcast was written by Mark Zakian and Richard Madden. The music was by Scott Buckley. To hear more of our history podcasts, visit www.storiesofbritain.com or follow us at Stories Britain.